Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Ernie C, the Gap Tooth Genius, and this is going to be episode 116 of the STS Podcast, Doing the Job, Pro Wrestling Talk with my host, Arnold Cueto. Shoot that shit. Don't worry. Shit the shit. You'll get the shit. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Ernie C, the Gap Tooth Genius, and we are back with our host, Arnold Cueto. This is the STS Podcast, Doing the Job, episode 116. Cueto, what's up, sir? How you doing? Uh, nothing much, brother. Doing doing good. Uh, happy to be back, and glad we can catch up on these uh, on all these things that we've missed out on uh, in the time that we've been away. Man, I think uh, we we just got done with WrestleMania season, and uh, we we watched night two together with um with your boy. That was fun too. And uh, <laughs> ever since then, we've been kind of catching up and trying to get this done, dude. I'm glad we finally had some time. I know we're really busy right now, and yeah, I'm glad we could be able to knock it out, bro. For sure, for sure. You know, a lot of a lot has happened in the world of wrestling since. Uh, you know, we lost Scott Hall. You know, RIP to the bad guy. Rest in peace, the bad guy, man. Rest in peace, the bad guy. Uh, a lot of stuff has happened in AEW. <laughs> and then we have the Forbidden Doors. The guy it has a pay per view now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think that's something that we really should discuss. And you know, Cody uh, just walked Cody. Back in. Yeah. Big, big, big time. I think probably. Might have been the biggest story in uh, in wrestling probably since uh, since Mania was probably the jump of Cody over to from AEW to WWE. Now that we have a uh, that somebody went the other way, I guess with the Forbidden Door, <laughs> FTR reigning as the supreme tag team in the world. I think like six months ago they were people weren't saying that, and kind of, <laughs> they kind of let the reins go and let them have it out. It's been it's, yeah. it's a beautiful time of wrestling, man. Beautiful time. We uh, we got to see a really good uh, storyline play on AEW between uh, MJF and uh, CM Punk that now is leading to another great storyline with uh, MJF and uh, Wardlow. Definitely. Oh, man. And then, dude, and then William, um, well, it's Cassidy, oh, but William Cassidy's come. I forgot. I can't say his real name and from Impact. Man, oh, uh, Morrison. Yeah. Morrison's coming. Um, I'm really excited for that, dude. I've been watching a lot of AEW on DVR. I gotta watch that live, honestly. So so many storylines, man. I think um, we'll just go, let's go into um, Scott Hall real fast. I know I'm a big bad guy fan. Uh, what was your first memory of Scott Hall, and uh, what do you think his impact was on the wrestling community? So my first memory of Scott Hall was back in the early '90s, watching WCW on. Uh, because it wasn't like how WWE was like, the, you know, you always knew when WWE was like, usually back then it was on midday Saturdays. And then they had primetime wrestling on Monday nights. WCW, man, you had to like really be a fan. Because I remember I had to like have my mom wake me up at like 6 a.m. on Saturdays to catch the, the Saturday night uh, uh, or the Saturday morning uh, WCW show on uh, on syndication, whatever it was. Might have been on 45 at the time when I was a kid. And uh, I remember Scott Hall coming in. He was the gimmick of the Diamond Stud. Mm. and uh the diamond stud was uh, for people who don't know was the precursor to the razor ramon character he was uh managed by diamond dallas page and uh and you know he kind of had a gimmick similar to the uh i almost say it's a combination of between the the what razor ramon would be and what rick rude was where he would have a girl come to the ring and you know she would she would, you know, touch him on his on his gear and pull off his uh, his tearaway pants and all that stuff. 
and uh, you know, big D and uh, the DDP was just sit there on the uh, mic and selling it all. You know, uh, I think I forget what, if it was the Diamond Mine or, or what it was that he would call his uh, my bro. Diamond Mine. And uh, yeah, I always thought like, man, that guy was, you know, that guy was huge. And then uh, you know, come to find, come to see him a few years later as Razor Ramon, and you know, as my first thought, I was like, oh man, they got the Diamond Stud out there now. Like, you know, mm-hmm. obviously he became bigger and badder, and then and. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I I was really uh, kind of going back, like as a as a fan and looking back on it now, just kind of how how smart Skull Hall was to just what people would pick up on and what can people can read, you know, you know how you read people. And uh, you know, I, I know he got a lot of flack for you know supposedly having creative control and you know running the asylum in the WWE and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I honestly think that I think Vince and, and Eric to Eric more so, but Vince even to an extent kind of uh, would listen to Scott's ideas and kind of pay attention to what he was kind of asking or, you know, suggesting. And a lot of that stuff would pay off and, you know, worked out for, for him. So I can see how people assume that he probably had creative control. And the, the bottom line is the guy just knew what the fans wanted to see. So smart with the game. If you listen to some of his shooting interviews, he just knew he was not a mark for himself. He knew what was good for business. People mm-hmm. forget this guy was six nine two seventy five, and he was a—he's a big boy, dude. If you compare him to some of the guys now, he's towering over a lot of these top guys. <laughs> uh, you know, he—he he was paired with Nash a lot, so everybody just kind of assumed that you know he was a—he was a uh, just a regular sized guy. But I'm like, no, man, Scott Hall was like—I remember—I remember when the NWO came to the WWE the second time around. He was—I think he was legit taller than The Rock at the time, and you know, uh, and you know, if. <laughs> You ever caught the SPN classic uh, AWA stuff when he was Big Scott Hall back in the day, man? Uh, with the cowboy gimmick and the Magnum TA uh, kind of looking face, but and the Kurt Henning too, dude. They were a hell of a team, man. People forget about that. This is way before Vince came around. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, beautiful, man. I I think um, my favorite memory, dude. Believe it or not, I remember watching these DHS tapes, like the Coliseum tapes. Mm-hmm. It was him and Goldust. That was the kind of when <laughs> I remember that. Him and Goldust, dude, and. Of course, that fallaway slam, the Razor's Edge. Um, one of my favorite wrestlers, dude, and just following his journey, you know, with his whatever his out of the ring issues were, and just following him with DDP yoga. And man, just, he bought just a cool, cool cat, man. Just yeah, wish I was one. I was like, I didn't shed, I don't shed a lot of tears for athletes, bro. When I heard Scott Hall pass, definitely a piece of my childhood went away, dude. And, just you know, I remember when the when the Monday Night Wars dude just going back and forth. But I was really Scott Hall was my guy. I didn't grow up in the Hogan era at all, but I did grow up in that Scott Hall Razor Ramon. I remember being six, seven years old, just watching him show up on TV. Like, what happened? I thought he was here. Like, I was re- well aware of what was going on, but I thought it was real. I wasn't, you know, I was. I didn't. I thought I didn't. I didn't know about storylines and all that stuff, man. So. Yeah. You met my buddy Tyler at a Russell at a WrestleMania party. And I remember the day uh Tyler, what's up, Tyler? <laughs> and I remember the day he passed, he sent me the video. It was uh Scott Hall coming out in ECW to uh, the Fuji's ready or not. And I was just like, damn man, I didn't like, like I didn't appreciate it enough at the time, you know. <laughs> it was so he was and you know what he was a little bit older in the 90s, but he was still so cool. Like right. it's one of those things. I believe that if you're cool, you're just you just you're born with it. There's no you can't pick up on it, you can't practice it. If you're cool, you're freaking cool, dude. And it's uh yeah. it was sad to see, man. We lost a great mind for the business, and you see him yeah. going 
um, you know, just going to NXT and just talking about he loves working with the young guys, teach them just psychology. Like, forget the wrestling holes. Let me just show you why you're doing things. And it's beautiful. It's sad to see that, man. See that yeah. go. And uh, rest in peace, Scott Hall, man. Definitely. We got, uh, we talked about big storylines. We, we should go to the next, you know, it's going to merge two things. I know that. But, man, MJF and CM Punk, dude. It's been a roller coaster, dude. It's um, it's beautiful. I love seeing that feud. It was a great feud. Um, it was a lot of, it was a good job. You know, lately in the business, there's been a lot of criticism, like the 50-50 booking of, you know, when, when both guys kind of split matches here and there, nobody kind of gets over on the other guy. I thought in this feud, it was used well. Definitely. Uh, you know, you know, CM, uh, CM Punk kept, you know, he, he dropped his first match to him and, uh, and there, you wanted to see him kind of get back at him, and you know, the, obviously they were setting up for that big, for that big angle, and then you know they suddenly kind of added make the 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 Wardlow side story bigger and bigger on the side. Definitely. Where you know, you know, I'm not gonna lie, I'm marked out when Wardlow like just kind of left the ring on on the mm-hmm. <laughs> the pinky ring on the edge of the ring and just kind of turns back to him. I was like that that, that was written very well by whoever in creative does that over at, at AEW. Might have, you know, for all I know, it might have been the the two guys in the ring. The two talking. guys just come up with it because when they get it, man, just wrestling when it's done right, and we know was when it's done right, it's such a beautiful thing. It's we mark out. I think um, again, but we're able to take this big storyline, which I think everybody wanted. I know I did. I wanted to see CM Punk and MJ up on the mic, mm-hmm. and then you kind of dive into the whole Wardlow, and then the whole contract that he case forbidden, and then the way they bring him in with the handcuffs. It's been beautiful, man, and it's all started with that feud. Uh, do you consider that possibly feud of the year so far? It's, you know, I think if anything else on the stick, it was great. Um, they it really reminded me of those old school way, like you know, attitude era promos where you know guys would just go go after each other, and uh, you know, you always kind of had that question like, what would happen if you know this person went on the stick in the mic against somebody else, and it was just. You know, it, it was great because, you know, the 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 two guys who are not afraid to go, you know, into the history of the other guy. And, you know, it, it was just the way they play off of each other so well. And just, you know, they could sell each other's uh, heat, but not necessarily, you know, get the dirt sheets talking about. Like, you know, it was just it was really well done. I really respect what they did there. Um, it, you know, it was it was you could tell both guys did their homework on each other. Yes, yes. Yeah. MJ yeah. too, man, selling that, you know. In the meantime, with this feud, he's still selling that. Hey, 2024, I'm a free agent. Name dropping <laughs> like that's amazing, dude. It's such a sh- it's the, and you, I'm sure that's you know they agree on that type of stuff, but it feels so real. Like, hey, right. I got history with the guys in, in New York, and you never know if they don't treat me well here, I'm gone, and I want to get mm-hmm. a lot of money either way. And it's it's freaking beautiful, dude. Yeah. Um, CM Punk's impressed me with his bouts too, even with the, you know the bouts with with Dustin um, and with Pentagon, dude. Just that whole reign trying to get that number one contendership. That Dax, I believe it was that he had. Who was that? That match with Dax from uh, yes. from FCO. Dude, he makes me feel like he might lose. Yeah, like he's putting his work rate right now is definitely some the top of the business. I can't. I can't imagine somebody who really knows about the business not considering him one of the top workers right now. He is, and he's showing his versatility. Just working with Dax and going to Dustin, Pentagon, a couple of the young guys, 
it's right. beautiful to see, man. And uh, I, you know, I really all respect to Adam Page. I really think that they had to go put the belt on him for a while just to kind of. Granted, they had that kind of run with Omega and Omega and, and Moxley and Jericho, and they all kind of you know put their stamp on that title. But I think CM Punk, but getting that title is going to be tremendous for not only AEW as a company, but just the prestige of that title as well. It, it gives it so much more credibility, and I I love Adam Page too, man. But right now, what CM Punk's doing, there's there's no stopping this momentum. And I don't know. So I know we have that pay per view coming up in a couple of weeks. Do they give it a a dusty finish? Do they give it a? <laughs> do they leave it? You know, a DQ or does the CM Punk get screwed and have another fight started? What do you think they should do, or they should just put it clean on Punk? It's hard to read, honestly. Um, I think uh, you know, I think they're still kind of tiptoeing into the, the CM Punk uh, Adam Page kind of feud, how they want to set it up. Um, you know, because real realistically, what have they done so far other than just a couple of, of face offs and uh. Punk kind of saying like I think I'm ready for the title, but um, we still haven't really heard from Page other you know other than you know uh, I think he's been said that he's willing to accept any challenge and that kind of thing. So you know being the fighting champion, um, but you know two very talented guys, a guy like Punk is probably one of the best storytellers uh, in wrestling right now. I think it's a waste not to try and create some sort of a of a of a deeper story behind it. Obviously, other than just you know, being the uh, the returning veteran that wants another shot at the glory kind of thing, which I think was the the gist of the promo that he ran on was it last Wednesday or or for yeah last Wednesday, mm-hmm. and uh, it it would be good to see uh, you know Adam Page or kind of I wouldn't say rollover for somebody, but like he's been working so hard that I think he, he, you know taking a guy like punk to the limit doesn't really hurt his uh his character his gimmick at all not in this day and age too i don't think losses hurt that much anymore man yeah no, you're right, short-term yeah. memory dude um <laughs> i'll tell you someone who doesn't have a short-term memory dude nick jackson we should announce it here i got blocked by nick jackson on instagram which is a feat for me dude i should put that in my bio like blocked by nick jackson i forgot what date it was but i am proud of it i've never been so proud of being blocked by somebody <laughs> This is, fresh, I guess, um, you know, they put over FTR, which was great, great match. This is re- mm-hmm. fresh off the Briscoe run. And FTR, man, it's such a great pure tag team. You could, I'm, like, they're like the, man, to me, they're like the, the um, what was the, was it the Brain Busters in the 80s? This is the Brain Busters dude of our era, man. And it's beautiful. Yeah, totally in order. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful to see the pure wrestling ability and storytelling of them, man, and, Oh, yeah, I guess um, I kind of told Nick, hey, man, good job of putting one over, and I got blocked. So that's my <laughs> claim thing now with our pro wrestling community. I hope he forgives me one day if I ever meet the guy. But what uh, do you think FTR's run so far? You know, again, like you said, it's a, it, it's, it's a good – how can I put it? I, don't really, I almost don't want to embarrass it by calling it a gimmick or anything like that because it's not really a gimmick. It's it's two guys. They're solid, they're solid uh, workers. You know, they're not going to be high, like kind of like they sell themselves. They're not high flyers or not, you know, they're, they're going to storytell in the ring. They're going to do solid movements, solid moves. Um, you know, they're, you know, if you're there for what do they call it, flips and kicks, you know, that's not them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but they still put on entertaining, credible matches that draw you in. And, uh, you know, they've, they've been put with everybody in the ring and they've, um, 
they've more than exceeded what they've uh, been able to do. You know, it's, you know, you put them in there with, uh, with the Jackson brothers, you put them in there with the Lucha brothers, you put them in there with, uh, oh, I mean, Luchasaurus and, uh, and Jungle Boy once, when I'm sure that match is coming soon. Um, but yeah, it's just, you, you know, they're really that kind of like the Daniel Bryan of tag teams, man. They're, they're really just, they can work with anybody, put on a great match with anybody right now. Definitely, man. I'm really, I'm, I'm happy for them. I know they took that risk too, just to jump ship. And to take a risk in yourself in, the, in this in the, this era, it's right. It's, yeah. You got you got to do what you have to do, and man, it, it's it's crazy now that you see WWE. They're reporting that they're interested again, but they're like, "What did you guys do? What have you guys done with the tag team division? Period. The last two years we've been gone. You um, know, it's funny too because when the E doesn't really dive into the tag, like when they have all these solid tag teams in their disposal, you know, they you know they had a. Uh, the revival when they were there, and uh, the Usos are always been solid. And the New Day's always been solid. American Alpha was my was my tag team for a little bit there too. American Alpha, and I feels like now, like they kind of they had all these prepackaged teams already kind of made up, and when the the WWE gets gets that going, they kind of just like you know push that to the side, and all of a sudden they start throwing random people together and making tag teams out of them. That's when the division got really big again. Like you know, you got RK Bro and. Uh, well, American Alpha was, you know, it, even though those two guys are boys, it seems like they just kind of organically got thrown together, you know, which which came out working the best for them. Um, look, you know, and we were talking the, uh, just today about, oh man, what if they do? What if they start doing this with uh, AJ and Finn? Yeah, that, and I could see that happening too. I was I was looking at it today. I actually looked at all the segments today. Man, talk about it, the squad too. Finn, need, I think Finn's really need something to really go. How do I say this? Boost his value a little bit right now, man. You're right. That US, after losing that title run, that U.S. title, I think something he needs something fresh, and I think that is something the fans will like and they're by, and I'm all for it. I know we talked about AJ kind of being a tag team limbo, but if you know, like you said, if Randy could do it, why not AJ? Right. Like I said, I, I think uh, you know, there's there's only so much room at the top right now in the WWE for for the main guys. So these other guys who can probably, like I said, I always thought Randy could be a guy who could get plucked into the uh, main event picture. I still think AJ's in that category too, man. Anytime they wanted to, to you know, blow the dust off of AJ and, and all right, man, let's, let's put one together for us and see what you got. <laughs> it's, it's always going to be entertaining. AJ's always going to deliver on what he uh, he can do and what he wants the fans to see. Definitely. Before we venture the full WWE talk, I want to talk about one more storyline that's happened organically, and the fans hate it. The Semi Guevara take take on now, dude. What a what a what a crazy thing! You know, having two, you know, people who are good looking, and right. the fans hate them because hey, I got the hot girlfriend, I got the belt, everything <laughs> one I have. And the fans just, oh, it's, you know, it's not, it's, I don't think it's bad heat at all, man. Just the heat that comes with it. It's, it's, it's in your, it's in your palm. You just got to hand it to them now. And Sandikar, <laughs> dude, I know he, that ugly bump he took with Scorpio Stein that lost, man. I, I don't understand that. Uh, that, that hurts wrestling a lot. In my opinion, that's like, how can we top that horrible bump now? It, but see, there's always at least one of those moves in a Sammy matchup. I'm finding now, where you know, for his, you know, to his credit, most of the time he's had you know the the big spot in the match or whatever. He's landed it pretty clean. Um, 
you know, I want, I'd say he's probably about 85% on everything that he does, mm -hmm. but a few times there's been, I know I've watched at least two or three Sammy spots where I'm like, like, Oh man, I didn't look at it at all. You know, I hope he's, uh, he's okay. You know, so it, it's, it's, it, you know, these, these younger guys in AEW, man, I, I know they're, they like to be let off the leash a little bit, but sometimes, you know, the, <laughs> the older guys do are right about, you know, don't, you know, don't slow down, <laughs> as they say. I don't you know, know. does Vince allow that type of stuff? What if it was? If this was a Vince show, I don't think that happens, man. I know. I don't I think that happens at all. But what they're doing right now with him and his girlfriend, man, is beautiful. I don't know. <laughs> I think we build on that. I know titles ain't everything, but maybe that chase with Scorpio's over. But we could do so much more with Sammy, man. It's cool to see him kind of break away from the inner circle now and do his own thing. And he's he's hey, he's established. He's doing better. And I, I hate to say, it, but he's kind of. She's doing better than the um, LAX, little Jake Hager, that original core. He's the one that's yeah. shining right now and uh, well-deserved, well-deserved. I think it's a testament to the old school 80s, you know, uh, 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 heel gimmick of like the the kind of the playboy, look at the girl that I got kind of thing. You know, it's hard to hate on that. Yeah. Or it's hard to... <laughs> it's hard to love that, accept it. Yeah, exactly. So... You know, because at the end of the day, no matter how much you hate on this guy, he's still throwing his hot girlfriend in front of you, you know, like, uh, you know, um, you know, no different from like what Ric Flair would do or, you know, uh, God, who was it? Might have been Stone, Stone Cold back when he was uh, Steve Austin and he had Lady Blossom or, you know. Uh, he's doing what Mark Merrill can never do when he has Sable. <laughs> Yeah. Right? If yeah, they would have right, yeah. Mark, oh God, dude, it would have been he would have been such a great hill, dude. Um <laughs> I was gonna say Sonny and uh what's that? I forgot his name. He passed away. What was Sonny's guy in EC? Oh uh Candido, Chris Candido. You know, that kind of reminds me of that too, man. It's it's pretty I love it. Yeah. I love what they got going on. I will give Sammy this credit. You know, he's you know, all those guys, and when they were in those gimmicks or whatever, they were super protective of their girlfriend. They want anybody looking at him or whatever. This or Sammy's like like turning into the skid man. He's like, he's making out in front of you with her. He's he's like, Yeah, look at what I got kind of thing. And he so dumped, it, he dumped the ex-girlfriend after he proposed live on TV. Like people because <laughs> people could people hate that man for embarrassing this woman. It's like Man, you can't make this up. This is great TV. It's horrible for the woman. Sorry about that, lady. But oh, man, it's great TV. People hate him for that. <laughs> it's not a good look on Sammy said for sure. Yeah, uh, it was, I couldn't believe it, dude. Such a great loved him for it, you know, that, that he does this. It's like, oh, she's the home wrecker, huh? Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Hey, man, that's a great wrestling storyline, dude. That's that's made that's made money right there, in my opinion. Made money, man. Um, I wanted to go into the New Japan um, Pro Wrestling AEW Forbidden Door. What are you looking forward to on that? I, I think we talked about this before, but I think the the big thing now is uh, if 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 New Japan is really gonna sell this, uh, Okada's really got to be there. If Okada's not a part of this, then you're you know you're it, it's you're wasting a lot of you're flapping a lot of gums for no reason mm -hmm. uh, you know he's got to go against somebody it's probably going to be i don't know at this point you know who, you know obviously i think when i think of new japan i think of okada when i think of AEW, like you know who could it be yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. you know at this point right now I, i'd sell probably 
based off of recognition, I'd probably just go off of uh, Daniel Bryan. That would be such a clinic. Dude. Bryan, Daniel, excuse me. Um, look, I, I, think, love, I love Omega, but I think I seen this Okada Omega, and that's what made me honestly start start watching New Japan New Japan wrestling after the whole Shinsuke era, which is great. Mm-hmm. But those Okada Omega fights were oh, so great, man. I understand the seven stars and all that good stuff, but Bryan is the match to make with him, I think. Yeah, only because we've seen that Omega fight before, mm-hmm. and that's uh, and that's the only reason why I would say, uh, you know, I think Daniel Bryan, or Brian Nelson is is the one that's quick enough on his feet to make it a good match. I think he sells the credibility with it. Um, I think, but you know, any number of guys I think could probably fit into there. You know, um, you could always throw in a, uh, you know, an Adam Page. You could throw in a obviously CM Punk. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know John Moxley, or or even have another. You know you can do another match with Sam, with a uh, Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. It's just I think that I th- the f- the freshest, most uh, intriguing match is Brian versus uh, Okada. That would be great. I hope they and you know what I want to. I just I hope they don't announce Okada. I know they love to announce people coming in. Mm-hmm. I would just love to see Okada just rip apart uh, Yuta, knock mm-hmm. the hell out of um, Moxley, and then him and Brian just square off and. And then Rick, I can see Regal just selling it from the outside. Like, oh man, have we have we not like talking about Regal there yet? Oh god, dude! Imagine him being shocked seeing Okada like he's seen a ghost. Like, <laughs> especially to the person who doesn't really know who Okada is in this casual mm-hmm. wrestling, you could sell this guy as, a, as the best in the world because yeah. Dan O'Brien claims he's the best in the world, and it's challenging. Who's really the best? And that would be professional wrestlers. <laughs> yes, man. Um, Jay Lethal and I guess it's gonna be Adam Cole. I'm guessing that'll be it. That's gonna be a nice little um, match too. I don't know if that's a certain thing. That that's something I'm interested in. Um, is is it a Bishi? Ibishi? Um, I don't know if it's. I, I don't know his name, dude. He's a lightweight. A lightweight. Ibushi. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. I would love to see him with Sammy. You know what? I think him versus any of those, what they call uh, the four pillar guys, him against Sammy, him against Jungle Boy, him against MJF, him against Darby. I'll, any of those matches are super intriguing right now. You could also throw in a, uh, oh God, uh, who's the guy I'm thinking of? Uh, I know who you're thinking about because I can't think of his name either. It's uh, it's the other one of the, he always has these great matches too. He's American. I just forgot his dang name, dude. Um. I know who you, I know who you're gonna say. Yes, yes. Um, damn, I can't forget. I forgot his name. Before. I got to look it up. Sorry, that's why we have the internet, and this is what we were doing here. Um, who? What the heck? I, watch. I already know we're thinking about the same guy. Um, is it? Oh God, hold on. Let me see. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> is it, what's his name here? Let's see here. This is Junior. Not Okada. It's not. Hey man, Tama Tonga is a great guy too. I like that. Tonga's oh. a good wrestler, dude. Ooh, he would be a good. I mean, I didn't think about him, but him and a who would be a good one on him. Just a hard hitting match with him and like a Samoa Joe, mm-hmm. or a mm-hmm. or a, I mean, if he's open, if he's oh. out of his. Oh, damn! I just I got this guy. I just had his name in my head right now. Oh god, we're live. We're doing this. I forgot his name. Hold on. <laughs> Oh man, we're gonna be like, oh my god, how can we? Why didn't we think of his name? I not remember this kid. Oh, yeah. I know, dude. Um, hold on, we're gonna get it right now. We're gonna get it right. We're definitely gonna get it right. Hold on. Getting closer. We're getting closer. Will Will Osprey? 
Yes. Oh my God, what are we doing, dude? I couldn't, I couldn't think of Osprey's name. Another guy who's, I think, you know what? When you say the pillars of AEW, fantasy booking, imagine seeing Darby adapt to that style because we're used to seeing Darby, you know, putting his body on the line. Mm-hmm. But I, I think, I think someone like Osprey could really take him to that next level, show what he could really do, and oh. that man, that'll be awesome to see. Just I want to see, I just want to see. The versatility and just different strategies and different styles that you guys all have. Oh, by by all means, yeah. Just hard. You just uh, you know, <laughs> you know, we talked about FTR earlier and how they're not they're so not flips and kicks or whatever. But I'm like, but if you want a match that's just flips, like that's the match that watch for that stuff right there. Who's that match that's gonna blow your mind? Hey man, I don't. Uh, they have the Bullet Club Tag Team Champions. Can you imagine Bad Luck Fell and Chase Owens versus FTR? I'm I'm saying let's book that too. I have yeah. only a few matches with them, but um, I'm I'm all for that, man. I think it's gonna be, it's gonna be great booking. So many. That's the beauty of the Forbidden Door. Mm-hmm. So many different avenues we can go, and I think it only elevates the talent. And definitely. it's a wrestler's it's a wrestling fan's dream, dude. We definitely might have to catch that one too, Quito. <laughs> we to, I think we have to catch that one for sure, man. Watch that and uh, take some notes and talk about that for sure. Definitely. I'm really excited for that, man. I'm really excited. Um, I think the biggest storyline um, I have, and honestly, this is a uh, I can relate to him right now because he raised his value and he came back home. Cody Rhodes, <laughs> Cody Rhodes is the, a the way they're presenting him. He wouldn't a I'm I'm all for. It. I'm really happy for what. How WWE's when they want to push you, they're gonna give you that rock and just slide and let you just fly. You know, <laughs> somebody told me that. Somebody told me recently it's very important to bet on yourself, and uh, mm-hmm. Cody was really you know living that living that to a T. Man, he he not only did he come back, he came back as who he wanted to be: Cody Rhodes, son of Dusty Rhodes, the the American Nightmare, the kept the gimmick, the look, you know, the, the sound, the, the theme music or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, I give all props to Cody that not only to sell himself back to the E, but also to sell himself the back he the way he wanted to be. Definitely. Like I think he said, that Vince told him, Hey, I'm, I know what I'm buying. It's not broken. Right. And he gave, you know, I, I love that, man. I just love the whole presentation. He has some great matches so far. Um, I think the way they're not pushing him too hard either. They, you know, give him a little six man here. Um, MSS should be a one hell of a match. I hope he gets over clean and he's on to the next thing. I'm really excited to see what the next feud's going to be. Um, yeah, it's really hard to have a bad match with a guy like Seth Rollins, man. Seth Rollins is such a good, uh, easy worker. People, you know, he, he's he's really working on his character work, but you forget how just clean he is in the ring, man. And, he's, and you know what, though? he's I love guys who, even if it is a horrible gimmick, if they're into it, I'm all for it, man. It's like, man, yeah. you're making me believe that this is really what, you know, you love this role. And I love it, man. I love the whole story of I want to get what my dad never had the chance to get. I'm bringing that title home to the Rhodes family. We're, we're you know, we're the royal family this of this world, too. And mm-hmm. it's time to bring it home. And it, it's I was shocked. That I, I'm kind, I am shocked by how they're presenting him um, just because, you know, how sometimes WWE kind of wants to push, push their own. And sure. uh, it's it's awesome to see, man. I think it's a great story, and I hope we, we keep building it. I you know and there, there's so many uh, things you can do with Cody down the line too. I mean, obviously you got this. Uh, you know, eventually him and Randy got to have a thing together where they t- go back to the legacy days. Um, I think him and Roman have a thing together where you know it's family uh, history. You know the 
the Rhodes family versus the NOI family or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, just how far back that goes. Um, and just, you know, representing the, the roots of where they came from. Um, but yeah, I, I, like I said, I think Cody is taken, you know, for, I was kind of like whatever to Cody in AEW and just the way that he kind of presented himself in the WWE really made me take it, take interest in him and who he, who he has been, uh, you know, what, what we can see coming out of him. And I think this is kind of like the selling point to a lot of AEW guys who might be interested in coming in. Like, hey, you might get the Cody treatment. And uh, <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's a big thing for the industry, man. That makes everybody else going to be making money. So we'll see what happens, man. I'm really, those, are, those are kind of like what that's what's really exciting me right now. It's, it's, I know WrestleMania Backlash is coming. It's going to be on. I haven't watched a lot of what's going on with Charlotte and Rousey and I love what they're hey, Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. That's another WrestleMania show stiller. That was a great match. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm seeing what they do with Bailey. I'm really interested in what when she comes back. I heard she's close. Yeah. Um, they just brought back Oscar. Oscar, yeah, man. I great worker, dude. I'm NXT. I love the NXT Oscar. The way she's kind of you know how that is when it comes to the main roster. Right. Um, what else? What's another great storyline I'm really interested in right now? Edge and his Edge and um, what we have going on. It's his little. I don't know what this clique's name is. <laughs> I'm really interested. I love Damian Priest. I always thought Damian Priest was a hell of an athlete. I think they're going by Judgment Day is what they're uh, going with. with okay, with I like it. How do you feel about the Eula Moxley and uh, Brian with Regal with the Splash Legal? Is it the the Blackpool Violence Club or whatever? Oh, it is? I do. How do you get an acronym for that? <laughs> <laughs> How do you got to do the acronym? I like acronyms in my clicks. I, 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 with Regal, I don't think you sell it as an acronym. I think with Regal, you let him, he's going to say it every time. <laughs> just, you know, all proper and British like he does. And just, you know, it's but amazing. Uh, it's amazing what a little blood could do for your career. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it's, it's really going to be the story of, uh, of two guys, you know, coming through, elevating each other, but also kind of, uh, you know, <laughs> it's funny because, like, you know, you would think with a guy with guys like Moxley and Danielson, uh, you, you know, good, capable workers, char- character workers, things like that, you wouldn't need a Regal. But when Regal came in, we were like, oh, like it was so much, <laughs> like, like everybody was marking out. And now, now they're bringing in guys like you know Wheeler Yuta that you know you may have overlooked before, but now that he's in this club and you know he, he's kind of playing into that that style of wrestling that those guys have, you're like, Oh man, this guy can be a player in the future. You know, again, the, the next level of tears in, in, in AEW. And how do you feel about with you know, Jeff Hardy coming in? I kind of feel like, I know we always say we don't come here to, you know, knock anybody, but I think it's like when he was on fire when he debuted and like, do how do they, they need to keep that fire lit. I think they gave us a little too much too soon. <laughs> um, I really And I, I love the Hardy theme when he first appeared and, I just think they could have kind of went a different direction with him. He, he's a he's still a legend. He's still a hot act, no matter what. And right. I think um, with the with the table matches, I think they should have built up to all of that. Man, I think everything should have a reason. Um, but I think Jeff was just always a superstar, always a main event player, no matter what he's uh, where he's at in in the company. I, I, I my concern, I think right now is, uh, you know, we've seen Jeff from young Jeff to, to now and Jeff isn't moving at the same speed as he once did. Um, you know, he's, he's, 
he's in a he seems to be in a tag team area with his brother. I think they're going to write that out for a while. Which I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, the, just the name, the Hardy Boy, the Hardy. I think they're the brothers now. Yeah, I don't think they're allowed to use the name the Hardy Boys. Um, but you know, again, them versus an FTR, them versus the Bucks, them versus the you know, those, those are all matches that are big time. Um, you know, and then once once they kind of make that run, Jeff can go into the single stuff. You know, he can have another run against the 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 guys at the top whatever but you know i don't think refs uh jeff's shelf life is is as high as it used to be you know like i think he's i mean if he's wrestling for another three or four years i'm, I'm gonna be very surprised because it's you know when he, we talked about guys that went went too fast too hard or too too early in their career jeff is definitely the one well an example of what happens i think he's on the last layer of that bump card too man yeah, exactly. bumps in this business, dude. Um, yeah, I, I think I've, I don't know if I talked to you about this. I've talked to somebody about you know just watching do the Swantons now. It's just it, it's it's brutal. It's it's yeah, not as he's not rolling off the guys like he used to. He's straight out landing on people and just you know it can't be good for the guy on the bottom. It can't be good for Jeff. It's like it's he. I mean, if we start. We I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing you know uh, twist of fate. Uh, uh, finisher now going forward for, for Jeff. It's kind of up there with that, you know, Hulk Hogan always says, I wish I had to finish her. <laughs> How many <laughs> that man had? Like, imagine Jeff when he's 60, 70. Oof, uh, yeah. Speaking of speak, being 60, 70 years old, let's end it on Taker being in the Hall of Fame. Oh, man. Uh, wow, such a... I can't... I don't even think we have enough... We could make a whole podcast on just this impact on right. wrestling. It was yeah. beautiful to see, man. It was beautiful. He seems at peace with his final decision. And, you know, for anybody else who deserves it, it's definitely Taker. I mean, I remember the night he debuted. I remember, you know, it's kind of like. So lucky. <laughs> you oh, know, I, dude. Yeah, I was uh, I was nine years old, <laughs> you know. And so if you would have told me I was nine years old, by the way, you're going to see this guy wrestle till you're 39. <laughs> you know, like. Right. I was, but uh, it was. You know, it was like anything I've ever seen before, man. Like just a guy that had that gimmick of he never he walked through everybody. Um, he was this big, scary Frankenstein zombie kind of guy, and uh, <clears throat> and even in the cartoonish world of the '80s, it was kind of like it seemed over the top. But for some reason, he, he made it work, yeah. and he wrote that all the way through the Attitude Era, where everything was based around like realism and being a badass and you know that kind of thing, and then. Uh, you know, just the impact that, that, you know, well, one thing I always thought about was the coolest part about Taker is just the amount of respect he had backstage. Definitely. Uh, you know, if anybody's going to have a gimmick that doesn't sell, it's going to, it's got to be the most respected guy in the back, man. Definitely. I've <laughs> seen that role. And you know what? He, I know that like, I think we should take out the last five years. I think he gradually got better. You see what he did with the matches with Triple H, with Sean you know, the American badass, you know, coming back again as the dead man. That work rate was amazing. Dude, that, that match with Brock, the match with Roman. Um, that Roman one was kind of where I think we've seen the downfall of it, but he was that 2001, 2009 to the 10 taker. Great work, dude. That's that's what I remember as a, as a fan. I'll always remember that that era right there for sure. Going back to the respect you have for taker, man, like I said, I to his credit, and, and you know, here's a guy who has been 
pretty much one of the most talked about guys since he debuted. You know, at any point, he was a main eventer since probably within the first year of his career and then rode that all the way through pretty much almost to the end. Um, but here's a guy who never uh, fought for it to be the top guy. He never, you know, he never bitched and complained about being where his spot was and, you know, protecting his, where you know, his main event status or anything like that. Um, and when he saw in it himself that he was not able to go like he used to, the guy like made sure that he had that he was putting the guys over that he needed to, mm-hmm. that he wasn't, you know, that he wasn't going to try and hold on to a spot that did nothing for the company, nothing for the business. And that he made sure that he, you know, there was the documentary that came out the last ride or whatever we saw, he had that match with Roman Reigns and just how upset he was with himself that he couldn't give, he couldn't show the level of quality that he wanted to, to the fans, to Roman. And he's apologizing for, for putting this guy over, you know, he's like, you know, how, how, if you're, if you're a young kid in the business and you're seeing a guy like that, and you're like, you got to have all the respect in the world for that, for that guy, what he top, does for the business. Top guy for 30 years, bro. It, he was always, he was always in the hunt. You got to respect it. It's, um, I love the speech. Thought it was a great speech too. You can see that he's really, he's a family man. He loves the business. He loves a, he showed love to his boys, the ones that, you know, Yoko and Brian Adams. I, I respect people like that. I don't forget who, um, who helped them along the way. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll never see anything like it again. I'm glad we, I'm, I'm, man, you watched it from the ninth, ninth, from the first day of Survivor Series of Brother Love. You're lucky, dude. I just, I remember, again, I remember Coliseum video. I can see it vividly, dude. When he had the mask on against Isaac Yankum. And mm-hmm. that was like one of my first times seeing Taken. Like, man. And then, of course, when I got a little bit older and watched the Coliseum video, like, you know, going to video zone, watching the, when Flair put the chair under Hogan's head when he, you know, tombstoned him, stuff like yeah. that. He's like, man, that was my childhood, dude. And Taker, shout out to him, man. He's, he's, you know, he was the character no matter what. He was his gimmick. And that's not going to happen. I don't think that ha- it's not going to happen too often, especially for that, that longevity. Don't, don't see it happening. You know, you forget that it was so, you know, you remember that that chair spot with Flair versus Hogan? Mm-hmm. That was at his second Survivor Series. That was one year into his career. And he's already working with the two biggest names in the industry, you know, I mean, and going over one on one of them. So it's like, like, yeah, like people forget just how how huge the Undertaker was, like when he skyrocketed. To that. Yeah, no, yeah, he was not. He was not a promo. He did all this in the ring. He did not speak a word for a while. Paul Bearer. Brother, the love just man putting the yep. fear of God in his opponents do without saying a word. It's amazing to see, man. Just the way he worked, too. No selling that's an art in itself. Yeah, it was beautiful, man. You really thought this guy was the dead man, and it was beautiful <laughs> to see. But him again, um, I know people he got a lot of heat for that, too. But man, those broiler room brawls and those matches with Mick, oh, legendary, bro. Legendary. <laughs> You know, there was, I think, the the Mick's uh, daughter was uh, mm-hmm. upset that she didn't give her, that Taker didn't give her dad enough credit. But I'm like, yeah, I don't know, man. I think uh, I think part of that is, you know, Taker probably is like, probably is so prideful in himself. He's like, nah, man, Mick was willing to do all that stuff. I'm not going to take credit for that. Man, Mick, he, Mick Taker was made by the time that hell was still happening. Yeah. Like I said, second year was working with Flair and Hogan. He was a made man, dude. Yeah, he helped Mick more than Mick helped Taker. Right. Honestly, that's just and that's just my opinion. But man, um, and for her credit too, she did tweet and said, "Hey, Mick didn't mention my mom either, so maybe I'm just I'm just, <laughs> I'm just overreacting a little bit." 
But uh, man, so many Taker matches do it, and um, it, it, it's it was bittersweet to see the end come. Vince Vince breaking the golden rule and not appearing on the Hall of Fame and introducing Taker. That was pretty cool too, man. And you hear, you know, the the mic'd up conversations that are just supposed to be between the two of them. You catch, you know, I love you, brother, kind of thing. And, okay. <laughs> and both of them kind of sounding choked up about it, yeah. Yeah, man, it, it was a beautiful sight, man. And, dude, that's our wrestling talk today, Quito. I appreciate it, man. I think um, yeah. you know, it's a little late, bro, but, hey, doing the job, man. I can't wait for the people to see our new cover art. Hopefully we could do that. Um, sure. Let's see what happens, man. And uh, this is episode 116, doing the job with our co-host, Arnold Quito. This is Ernie C. Day. Oh, man, I almost forget my line. This is EC3, the Gap Tooth Genius, STS Podcast, and we out. I'm uh, sir. <laughs>